0: Hit record. Oh gosh, it's recording. Here we go. Let's do this. It's time for a podcast. Hello, and welcome to In the Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end. My name is Johnny, a totally average bass player, and each week, I'm joined by a different co-host to talk all about that bass. So this week, I'm very lucky to be joined by Irish bass teacher and YouTuber, Stephen McGrath. Stephen, how the flip are you?
1: I'm very good, Johnny. What's the crack with you? I think you're being a bit self-deprecating there. You're a good bass player. I like your...
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, thanks. (laughs) In the grand scheme, I don't think so. (laughs) But I, I, I like to go with like, the world's okayest bassist. That's I, I. I feel like I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you, you can hold it down in your hold it in your band. That's your job. If you do your job, you're a good bass player.
0: Exactly, and that is very underrated, actually. I would say so. Yeah, but yes, sound like you're doing great. Obviously, smashing the YouTube game at the minute. You've Got your own podcast, uh, Basscraft, which is super super fun. Really love tuning into that uh, and hearing all different basses from across the world, uh, which is really cool. So we thought it'd be be bloody rude not to have you on here. Uh, And, you know, it's fantastic. Every week we like to ask three questions to our co-hosts just to introduce them a bit before we get into the deep stuff. And by deep stuff, I mean bass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So the first question is the three words to describe your bass playing.
1: Okay, uh I knew this was coming, so I kinda got to think about it today. <laughs> um I was gonna i I'm gonna say aggressive, nice. creative, Ooh. and reliable. So oh. that they're my tree.
0: That didn't mean to sound so sexy, by the way. Okay. Unless <laughs> Interesting. It is. Oh, reliable. Mm, nice. <laughs> not not sexy re-
1: being re- reliable, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. On time, punctual. <sighs> oh reliable Mm-mm. yes please um <laughs> yeah, that's
1: so- it. the girls don't like the bad boys they like the reliable boys <laughs> like me and in you the long,
0: Johnny. in the long run they the know run, they're yeah. in- <laughs> a good time with the bass players they're reliable um so why why reliable tell me what you mean
1: uh well yeah i'm always kind of any band I was ever in i was kind of like the leader or the guy who organized stuff so that i always became at uh, so it's not it's not just my bass playing it's just the role I take in the band, like I remember, oh, uh, the first band I was in, like the guys just love going drinking, and we'd be going to practice. Mm. I'd always organise the practice, and then uh, inevitably <laughs> they'd have a bag of cans, and I'd be like, "Come on, we have to practice." No, no put uh, the no. Ca- put the can down. So I said, okay, well, we'll do forty minutes of practice, then you can have your cans. It's like their mother. <laughs> this is <laughs> like from day one, I was reliable. Mm
0: no you're like great now i've cemented my role as the dad in the yeah, band
1: yeah i was always the dad in the band so and then in my bass playing you know i do do a lot of um high register stuff and i use a lot of effects and distortion modulation whatever but I, I do lay it down then especially when there's a solo i just you know do the bass thing as you're supposed to do also
0: there's a time and place isn't there for that kind of thing and knowing it is is very key to being a good bass player. I think. So yeah that's they're three great answers. Um I can kind of relate to to taking you know the role in the band. I kind of feel like I did that a bit as well. Uh where I'm like right I will do the social medias, right? I will do take photos, right? I will do videos and all, all that kind of stuff. But it, is it a bass was...
1: player thing? I think maybe it just comes with our personalities that we picked up this <laughs> instrument because <laughs> it finds a lot of people in bands who do that role are the bass player
0: we've really got to earn our keep
1: yeah that's it. I mean,
0: we're really just slagging off bass players now which is gonna lose us all the listeners to this bass players podcast
1: i know it's good uh, to be reliable you know you'll always be in the band
0: exactly you got to be the glue that gels it all together that was how i always saw myself and it sounds like you know that you're a very sticky gluey man <laughs> um meant in the best way um so the second question is what bass would you consider is your number one. Now behind you there I can see. Now listeners at home won't be able to see, but I can see that there's a big wall of instruments back there. So what which one would you consider your number one?
1: uh that's easy. It's the Aerodyne, Fender Aerodyne. So oh,
0: I've had no, that fade
1: over like I'd say nearly 1500 gigs of that at this stage. Definitely over a thousand okay. anyway. It's and got a
0: couple of fingerprints on it then.
1: <laughs> it's in some state. And it has a bit of kind of history to it. Um, uh, you, do you know, have you heard of Rory Gallagher? The, a guitarist, blues guitarist. Yeah. So he played the one strat his whole career, and bought it in this music shop in Cork. And I bought, I got that guitar second hand. It was actually cheap. It was like two hundred and fifty euros or something, three hundred euros, because it was all rusty and not looked after. It was second. It was a customer sale, like. So wow. I got it in that shop, and it's awesome. Uh, the only I I changed the pickups recently, and Ooh, I put it. I always good. had a drop D tuner on it because I just like twisting it. You know, at the end of the song, I like to. Pull it down to go and then do its kind of wobbly thing yeah. with the tuner and just oh, wow,
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anyone use it in that way before. That's cool,
1: yeah. The song is in um D, I can push it up to E and then mm. back down to the tonic, and vice versa. If we're in E, just,
0: <laughs> just hates using frets that much. You just, I could do these two notes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. But that's my number one, um, sa- amazing bass. I'd love to get another one. I don't know if you ever picked one up, but. I'm I'm a cheapskate. I know you're a cheapskate. <laughs> and yeah, this way <laughs> this one just screams quality. It's one of the only Fender style bass I've ever picked up where I went, This does feel better than a square. This this feels it's worth the money.
0: Yeah, and those Aerodynes, I've loved those for a long time like they look so good and it's one of the only bases that fender actually took photographs of that i was like damn because i feel like they don't do great photography of their own instruments (laughs) Uh, they always look better in person i think um but the aerodyne oh my god like the thin body on it the binding it's just beauty what what inspired you to change the pickups on it now
1: uh well they they weren't working um the the, cha- the jazz no, pickup I mean, didn't hadn't worked in about five years and uh, I
0: mean, that's that's good reason too I suppose
1: and the knobs couldn't twist anymore because remember I told you it was in ba- it was rusted so oh, the yeah, the yeah. volume knob only ever worked and the the second volume knob was stuck and so was the tone so I only had one knob for the first thousand gigs and then I was like it went locked down oh, and kicked <laughs> one, one knob <laughs> but I said look it's I I have time now. It's because it, it lives in the van's van, like so. I never would have had time to take it apart and have it ready for the next weekend's gigs. You know yourself, mm. you just don't get around to finishing things. So I finally, had and, if, and if
0: you cock it up, then you're like, well, now what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I while. finally had
1: time, a gap, like two years nearly, to just say, you know, put in new pickups, fix it up, so it's it's perfect now.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing! You able to dial in that bridge pickup finally.
1: And I don't that's like great. it at all. I, I didn't miss it.
0: I don't, <laughs> No use for it. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, Just stick with the P bass, please.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah,
0: that's the thing I find as well. Like, I've just, I've just got this GNL, which is a PJ, and I love a PJ. But now, um, I find myself gravitating more and more towards just a P bass. Okay. So the last question I like to ask the co host is, why did you pick up?
1: Um, I suppose it w- it wasn't really like. Uh, a lot of people it's either you know they loved the bass or they were a bad guitarist and they and someone needed a bass player it was more for me like I was I was trying to find my tribe in school you know I was I played sports but I never felt like a sports dude like I was good at it I won loads of medals but I never felt like those people were my people and then I was kind of getting into computer games and I, I was hanging out with all the the geeks and I was trying to do a bit of programming and I was terrible at that and then i was in um transition year it's a optional year in ireland in school and there was a lot of musicians and i was like and i i i got on well with them so i said you know these could be my tribe so i and i they they needed the a bass player obviously they all, there always is a need for a bass player mm-hmm. so that was it i just got Almost a bass and boom i was going i barely even heard music i didn't even own a cd until i was about 14 or 15 i think i bought m Stan. <laughs> that was my, and wow. I, didn't, I didn't hear any music at all and but my brother had a big record cd collection so i got some motorhead and some doors and i was off but i completely didn't listen to music or it wasn't even in my around me at all until i was about 14 or 15 and shortly after i was learning the bass so all the bands i was hearing for the first time i was learning the bass lines as i got into them
0: yeah i, th- I think that's you know the way to be and uh, you know i I won't go any further with that because there's a question coming up that I think we'll be able to go deeper into that later on. But uh, yeah, that, that sounds it. So for me, it sounds like that you, you were, you were super cool with the sporty guys in school. They thought, nah, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the nerds or you know, they're not quite cool enough. So then the musicians was like the, the middle ground between <laughs> cool and nerdy.
1: <laughs> I don't think I taught about it that much.
0: But... <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh, well, that's great. Sounds good. So, We've gotten to know our guests, so let's move on to the first question. Okay, so our first question comes from William Garcia over on Instagram, uh, who says, uh, I know (laughs) this links into what I was just saying, what we were just saying, I know you consider yourself a failed guitar player failed in quotes (laughs) because we're better now um he said so uh how what did you do to learn to play it did you take lessons books videos how did you start playing the bass in that way how did you learn now you do a lot of bass teaching am i right Mm -hmm. so what as a teacher, what would you say is the best way for someone to learn bass? Obviously, it's different for everyone, but what kind of things do you tell people?
1: Um, Well, I I kind of teach them how to to do what I didn't do, which was I didn't learn by ear at all. I just had loads of tab books. And then, which, you know, is okay, like, you know, but I didn't really understand what was happening in those songs. So I I do teach true songs, but I always I won't ever teach a song without explaining what's happening in this song. So like, I explain what's happening with the notes. Is it a minor seventh? What's the rhythm? What's the bass sound? So it's important to know why you're lear- what you're learning in a song. Don't just go learn loads of bass lines. Really look at the note choice that he made and analyze the bass lines. So then it becomes part of your own vocabulary, I think. And mess around with the stuff you learn. Like if you learn a little line from one song, try and make your own thing from it. Be creative. I, I, do, I do a lot of that with my students. I get them to write their own lines and have a jam at the end of the lesson to try and be creative, you know, with what they're learning.
0: Yeah. I think having a jam with it, that's a great bit of, you know, a great way to learn, uh, to develop your own style and take in all these inspirations from other things. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's a great answer. Um, in terms of how, how I approach that as well. I first learned, like, I think my sister gave me her like three quarter size acoustic and had written on the side, like, instead of like one two three four five for the frets, yeah. like tab, she'd written, written uh, letters going all the way up, and then numbers across the strings. So she, I was like, oh, A1, like, she was trying to teach me like that. Uh, and then when I showed my, when I wanted to get a guitar teacher, showed him that, he was like, oh, that's like tab, Here, here's tab. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and so I started learning that way, but also like you said um starting to pick songs that i liked or like the sound of and started trying to learn those and i was quite into rock and then getting into heavier music as well so i started learning uh just the songs that i liked um and so i th- i and now i've had a few books when i've done grades and things like that uh, or needed them f- to to learn them for like music gcse <clears throat> i got an a by the way my proudest man. I didn't do husband. music
1: in school at all, so <laughs> there you
0: go oh, So I'm technically more qualified than you on this. Uh, yeah, okay. you are yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, In no other way <laughs> Um, So uh, and and lessons, you know, that's where it stemmed from as well Uh, and videos, I think, videos for me, I always use as like reassurance or backup, like it, I'll try and learn something by ear and then, then I might watch a video of someone doing it and be like Cause sometimes reading a tab, if there's a bit hidden in a song in a bass line, a tab doesn't always tell you how it's, um, how it's played, like a certain hammer on, like the musical notes will be there, but it's like, Oh, I don't quite know when you play it slowly, you're like, Oh, I don't really understand how this is translating mm. into that riff. Um, so sometimes I'll go and watch a video on it. So I, f- I feel like I don't really utilize, I mean, lessons anymore or books, um, I will occasionally look up a tab if i want to if i want to learn a song quickly or if i you know don't do it by ear um but yeah videos i think i'm um, obviously now youtube is massive so yeah. there's so much content on there for learning songs
1: well I, um, I got lessons off like a drummer then after i could play already although i could play had the chops and i could play all the my favorite songs but i got lessons off a drummer who taught me theory which was amazing you know chris Baby. So he he was a jazz musician. He, he showed me all the theory and walking jazz bass lines and all that stuff, yeah, cool. which today you could learn on the internet, like with Rick Piatto. And I think that's really important as well, like to get your theory chops down. Like,
0: Yeah, definitely. And now this, you know, I'm, I'm going to upset you now because I'm terrible at theory. You know, I, I did GCSE, but um, I didn't go any further than that. And in terms of like reading music, I'm awful. Um, and I don't think there's necessarily anything to be ashamed of about with that I'm you know very happy to admit that and that I learn in a different way um Mm -hmm. but it's definitely it's definitely important thing to learn uh you know I I kind of contradict myself back and forth here (laughs) but um (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that you should find the way that works best for you to learn for me the idea of theory I'm like oh it bogs me down a bit and I and I kind of it makes me lose fun a little bit Um, but if you want to uh, further yourself and understand a baseline more, what you said about, um, getting them to jam over a baseline, I think is great because, and understanding, you know, you've done a couple of videos on like breaking down a baseline and going mm-hmm. into really big detail. Um, and one side of that is like the, the technical stuff. And then the other side is like the, the feel that it gives off and like why they've chosen to do that stuff there that isn't necessarily in the, the, um, Uh, in the written down musical theory but it's what that they were going for and so I think there's two sides to it there which is really interesting and I kind of fall more on the on the feel side where I'm like oh like that ghost note really works there because this and I don't mean it in a sense like oh yeah it's like a like a poem like it's a metaphor for this that's not what I mean (laughs) I just mean a literal feeling that it might invoke or like why that bass bit fits there
1: you probably know more than you think, though, when it comes to the theory. If if I you you probably know all this stuff, but you don't have the language to explain what it is. So I don't I mean, think it would be hard for you to, to figure that out.
0: That's the same with most things, to be honest. I don't know the <laughs> language. I'm like, duh, duh, duh.
1: yeah. I think I think you're right.
0: To be fair, like, um, and you can pick up. A lot from 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 other people in that regard which is why i love doing like youtube stuff because i've learned so much from other people normally people saying you don't know this man i'm like oh, great i know i didn't know that thank you thank you thank you
1: thanks for that <laughs> there's always one person saying um but you know this is actually the way it is oh, thanks
0: <laughs> um, okay so that's great uh thank you so much for that question let's move on to the news Okay, so the news this week has been uh, a bit of a mixed bag. I've got some older news in here, and then and then some that people might have missed, but it's quite cool anyway. Um, let's start with the news uh, from Ernie Ball, a music man. There's been a couple of things coming out from them, which is quite exciting. Uh, so first off is a new signature model uh, from Tim Comerford. So Tim is the bass player of uh, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, you know. It, you probably if you don't know rage against the machine you probably do you've probably heard their songs around um and tim is obviously the bass player he's well known for using a lot of ampeg stuff and then also with stingray i know he's used uh, jazz basses as well
1: i believe yeah he had yeah, a lot of jazz- early in his career he was jazzing it
0: up yeah absolutely absolutely jazzing it up uh, and now mainly uses uh stingrays so his stingray, I think, is really interesting.
1: Yeah, he, I absolutely love his bass playing. He's a beast.
0: Yeah, and like you said, like you're you're an aggressive player. Oh, I'm an aggressive player. That man's fingers. Oh, what I'd let <laughs> he, him do to me!
1: I, I don't know what to make of the kind of hiding what pedals he uses. Do you ever look into his pedal? He puts like dummy pedals on the board sometimes. Really? Confuse people. Yeah. I want there's a bit. I saw a deep dive on his board. All the things are covered. And sometimes there's dummy pedals on so you aren't sure what pedals he actually uses.
0: I never knew that. That's so interesting. So what is interesting about these bases that he's brought out is that there's not just like one, there's four. Um, And they're all different. I mean, two of them are different, I suppose. And then there's some different colours. So you've got a black one with the roasted maple neck, which is full, long scale and active. Uh, then you've got the you've got a full long scale which is passive in natural then you've got a short scale which is active in natural (laughs) and then you've got a short scale which is passive in vintage sunburst so there is a i mean you've got to be quite lucky to be like yes i love the natural with rosewood fretboard and then and long scale perfect or like you know they don't do the different versions in different colors and configurations which yeah, is what's so that weird. about
1: that i was thinking i wanted to get the short scale one in natural but what, what it's a weird yeah. configuration
0: yeah it's well it's it's so the short scale is natural maple neck and active which great but if you really like i'm quite i quite like the look of that oh, i like bur- the
1: natural one yeah or did
0: you like the sunburst? I quite like the sunburst one, yeah. I, I like the the roasted maple headstock on that. It looks cool. But then it's like, oh, that's but that's passive. Oh, okay. So I can't have the active version unless I get a short scale unless I get the uh the natural one, which is fine. I mean it looks amazing as well. But you know, like it's it's weird that there's these combinations, which is great, but then it kind of like locks you into no, you have to have you have to have it like this. Uh so some features that it's got, it's got a different bridge so it's got the foam rests in there that you can turn up oh that's awesome
1: i didn't even know he (laughs) used that in his sound.
0: i didn't either which is really you know like when you think about rage against the machine and like that aggressive playing style you just don't think about that at all yeah uh and so that's that's a really cool feature i really like the matte black hardware especially on that natural long scale one Mm -hmm. i think that looks awesome um and then you've got a thumb rest on there by the pickup yeah. on all the finger them. ramp yeah yeah which is really cool you know that's I've, a, I've gary willis
1: kind of um invented that it's so that you don't you know the way when you're pick when you the proper technique is not to pull the string but is to follow through so sure. it's so that your finger doesn't go in further than it should and apparently it helps you play it faster
0: yeah that's a great shout that you know i like that it's functional in that way and it adds a little bit extra mm. uh i've never thought about putting one on my own base though i didn't know that about the technique that it inspires so that's very interesting huh. um i saw patrick hunter's video on it uh on it and yeah it sounded great it didn't sound yeah. like anything out of this world in terms of like a stingray like but there's only so much a stingray can do you know i feel like they but, kind of get to this sound and it sounds incredible uh but i don't really ever hear that much of a difference but
1: that's it isn't it like even if which it's never going to happen hey someday maybe if fender said we're going to do a custom aerodyne for you you're kind of thinking how can i improve it it's just going to yeah. be micro improvements anyway like you can't you can't yeah. really improve them that much because if you pick this bass and you love it it's going to be tiny things that really only apply to you like that's why a lot of these custom guitars are almost exactly the same to look at even the mentioned guitar world the prs john Mayer. It, it's pretty much yeah. just has a different shaped headstock exactly Australia.
0: and it's like oh if you made that yourself you could do it for like a quarter of the price <laughs> because yeah. it's got their name on it it's like like let's like say like two three grand um I, I it sounded i want to clarify it sounded like i was being negative about the bass then i'm like and the sound i'm not saying that it's exactly what we were just pointing out there like I think stingrays are incredible sounding and I yeah. love them. But and those like, mute
1: pad things are expensive actually to get. Yeah. It for your own bass so that's a that's yeah. a definitely a really cool feature that makes it more yeah. versatile.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I really want this natural one now. <laughs> I've been looking <laughs> at it. Right. I'd oh, like the short sorry.
1: scale. I think it would be really cool as a short scale.
0: Yeah, interesting that he's gone with a short scale because I didn't know that he played any short scales either. Maybe that's he just does, he to doesn't. give people options.
1: Yeah, you know. it's just for option.
0: Yeah interesting i was just jumping on jumping on that hype that short scale
1: hype um, yeah they're great you need to get a short scale you're you're lacking in the short scales hey i've got one. Oh I've yeah
0: got, i've got the Gretsch. um what's it called Electromatic g220 oh, yeah. um which is awesome i love that thing.
1: yeah i played the bronco i got i was um i did a base course for um the council here and uh I, I just said, I want short scales because the, the average age was like 10. So I said, just get all short scales. In the end, they couldn't source them with COVID, but they got a few Broncos. And I have to say, I was not impressed by those Fender Broncos. No, they, that... they feel like a toy. Like that, the, the the most impressive bass that they sourced was like just a P-Bass by SX. It was lovely, like really nice. But That's those Fender sense. Broncos, I don't know what to make of them like.
0: Nah, that it gets down to that level, like like the bullet series, like bases they used to do as well, where it's like super entry, like you used to be able to get them in Argos, you know, like super <laughs> cheap, super just consumer, ah, you have them, you know, for everyone that just wants to start. That, that it didn't feel like the care went into it. the Bronco's mm-hmm. been going for a long time, um, and I just wish that they'd transform it into the Music Master. Uh, that's that's it was the Music Master, wasn't it? That that body shape is.
1: Uh, so. Yeah, that's what it is. is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wish they'd just like bring out a, a classic vibe um, music master. That would be great. Cool. Yeah, they should. Um, yeah, because the Bronco is it's cheap. It's on that it just feels cheaply. Yeah, and it's got that. Um, it's a guitar pickup in there as well, isn't it? Which
1: and has one of those horrible bridges that you can't individually address the strings. Oh, it's like an yeah, yeah, like old Telecaster one.
0: Yeah, proper like fifties style, which is just no good. Now let's move no. away from that. <laughs> Uh, speaking of moving away, let's let's move away from this. We're getting very distracted, as always. But that's good conversation. Uh, well,
1: I am a very distracted person. I'll let <laughs> right. you know. Just let you know. <laughs> <You're not coming laughs> I, was, back on. I was supposed to be doing a video today and I ended up just writing a roof with loads of distortion and putting it online. <laughs>
0: oh, but that's you know, worth it in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh keeping in with Ernie Ball, they have also uh launched their july 2021 family reserve uh collection now i know (laughs) i didn't really know what these were until this was out um so you know just learning all the time um so the family reserve from what i understand is models that they've built literally and reserved back for family members and for artists
1: johnny Um, it actually sounds like uh, a, a new brand of tea doesn't it family reserve
0: Oh it's my like, god! Come re- and get your family a- reserve whiskey,
1: <laughs> or tea, or fine tea. It sounds more like like picked <laughs> in India, family reserve, something like that.
0: Get your family reserve wine. <laughs> sounds wonderful. I want some now, but I don't want to pay these prices <laughs> that they're <laughs> the charging for this. I hope the family reserve tea is a lot cheaper. Um, <laughs> being cheapskates. Um. So. So yeah, it's interesting. So. So you might get some really unique designs that have never made it into production but people they're like the brainchild of you know they basically say to their family well, what what do you want what should we build mm-hmm. for you money's sky's the limit you know let's just make something uh and i want to see some ones that like art they've gone to artists to build and then it's not really gone anywhere you know so then they just put it into this collection where they've got the prototypes
1: what um, is the crack with it i only see two bases there's a, a bongo a white bongo and just a stingray that has black and gold. Is that it? Is that the that's family for,
0: collection? Yeah. Well, that and the two guitars that they've got there. So fair play that you know the bases are fifty percent of that, but that's not exactly hard because they only do. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I. So they they seem to release them like fairly rarely. Like I went on their website earlier uh, trying to find all the information about these for today, uh, and they they seem to release them like just sporadically. Like here's the July ones, and but. They're they're cool designs, I think. Yeah, it says there's
1: only 106 um, of one of them left. So, yeah, that's cool. They're very limited.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just read that as well, as you were saying it. Um, So the Stingray, we've got a dual humbucker, no pit guard on there. Uh, Maple neck. looks like there's some kind of – what is it? It just says maple neck and fingerboard, but it looks like a fancy fingerboard from the picture they've got
1: there. It looks like burled or flamed maple.
0: Yeah, it really does, certainly. Um, and then it's got uh, all matte black and gold hardware. Now, what I like about this is that when you think about like gold or matte black hardware, it's kind of like, well, it's both, isn't it? Because the, yeah, the it's a combo.
1: That's really cool. I never yeah. saw that before.
0: No, like even in the pickups, the magnets are gold. Yeah. Which, you know, I love gold um and got- i think it looks
1: better when it gets old you know when mm. it kind of has that patina on it so when yeah. you buy cheap gold hardware it yeah. ages really quick but this might age that quickly
0: definitely this is pure 24 carat <laughs> <laughs> um yeah definitely and like you get that like anodized look and yeah that's really it, nice yeah. yeah so i like the stingray it's pretty cool um then we've got a couple of guitars don't care about them apart from that no. cutlass because it is well, the oh, Silverburst.
1: A Silverburst Stingray. That would be pretty awesome.
0: That will be. We've got a Silverburst Stingray guitar here, but ugh, get out of my sight. Um, then we've got the Bongo 5. Now, uh, whilst we were talking before we started recording, uh, you said about, oh, they've only got 66 of these worldwide. That's pretty Get scary. it. It's only
1: $2,999.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, sign me up. Neck. Uh, so we've got roasted maple neck white matching headstock gold hardware um and yeah just and that signature uh toilet seat body so you're yeah. gonna have a really really expensive poo that you've always
1: And <laughs> that's kind of a nightmare for me too with all those knobs i <laughs> i just don't get active bases i just can't get my head around them it's like
0: six knobs you know there's nothing wrong with lots of knobs um unless it's on a base <laughs> because <laughs> yeah it gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? I certainly found that with my Sire M. I always forget what it is. My Sire M seven. It had like two switches and like all the preamp and all the. And I have one, on... yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. M7, one.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, course.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a great sounding, feeling based A lot of like the thinnest necks I've ever had.
1: I, I'm not um, really a fan of it. I, I'm definitely going to move shift it. Shifted, I think I, I find all the buttons and stuff really annoying, and and. It's just like, what am, I, what am I doing here? What do I do with these?
0: Exactly. That's what I think it felt great and it sounded great, but I, I just hated all of the controls on it. Um, it was just too much. And it took away the fun from playing. It made me realize that I really like a simple setup and a simple um, bass. I want the bass to be passive. Just have it sound. There it is. That's why I've gone to, into really liking P basses now.
1: Um, I don't, why, do, why do you never see like a prop? Well, maybe i'm wrong but i know mark Miller plays bass with lots of knobs and stuff but you rarely see like a professional bass player in a big band playing one of those active basses with loads of buttons because really when you're on a big stage like you're not going to be able to dial in your sound with all them but you're going to the front of house is going to do the main sound and you just want to get a solid bass sound those knobs are not going to do anything for you in, in a huge stage like
0: no, honestly, for like for 90% of us, we just want something that's consistent, reliable, and that uh, it's going to make the sound man smile. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I'm uh, not shitting on Sire. They're a great company. Oh, like, no. you know, the bass is savagely.
0: Absolutely. And they have revolutionized and given the industry a big kick up the bum, I think, Sire, because they've just come out of nowhere and been like, ha ha here we are. Like, his is yeah. incredible quality. Especially Fender. They
1: scared Fender and Inc. with the... The quality of their P bases and jazz bases, like
0: they're awesome. Big, um, all, all the Squire content that um, I do, everyone in the comments is always like, "Yeah, but Sire," and I'm like, mm. "Yeah, yeah." To be fair, yeah, Um but yeah, it's it's all the active stuff. I want them to do more passive stuff, which is why uh, I have one of their new '50s P bases on pre-order. <laughs> oh, nice! I'm very excited to get that. But um yeah, anyway, back back to music, man. Um, Some really cool. Got some cool, interesting things in there, and I I want to keep an eye on these more because I want to see if there's any that like artists designed. And that, so is it once you know. a
1: month, Johnny, that it changes this Family Reserve?
0: Oh, is it once a month? Is it? Or is it, it like... every
1: month that it changes, or how does it work?
0: I don't know. Um, I know it's. Let's have a look. BFR Family Reserve. Oh, that's this. I'm already on the page. Um, I don't know because when I found like the listing of all the different ones, they were a bit sporadic. Like it wasn't every month. Um, hmm. so I guess they just do them. Well, it says this month features this. So I don't yeah. know if you're, Hey, if you're listening on whatever device you are, DM me and you know, the answer, you know, give us a DM on, uh, Instagram. Actually. Slide into his DMs. Exactly. Slide straight on in. It's a, it's a warm, happy, cozy place. So come on in. Um, okay. So the last bit of news, um, I hate to end on a bummer. Um, and you know, this isn't the most recent news, but, um, ZZ Top bassist Dusty Hill died at age
1: seventy-two. So, I know. Actually, I actually played, had dinner with ZZ Top uh, about whew, five years ago. Now we support. Um, I supported them in Cork. Like no I way. Know. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so we were we were doing like um, a show in a few months in one of the main venues in Cork. And uh, so obviously we were pr- talking to the guy and he said, you know, Easy Top are coming soon. We'll, we'll try to get you a support slot. And I was Ooh. like, awesome. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes, please. Heard nothing back anyway. So me and all the guys in the band bought tickets to see Easy Top. And we were booked for the, the show, the after show at midnight, Easy Top after show. And then at like two o'clock in the day, my phone rings. And it's like, so are you set for tonight? Easy Top. And I was like, What? What are you talking about? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you have the slot. It's on." He's like, "I haven't heard from you in like two months. What the hell?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I no had to way. ring.
1: I had to ring the ring the drummer. He was available. I was trying to contact the singer. I couldn't get through to him. Oh my god! I, like, please, to, please, please! Yeah, he had to load in at five, but luckily we were all available because we had bought tickets to see Top. So we made it down anyway, and we had dinner in the crew area and. I uh, didn't get to talk to Dusty, unfortunately, but Billy Gibbons came up and said hello to us and brief chat, like saying hi and all that. like. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really sad to hear about Dusty dying. Like he was an absolute legend and a gentleman by all accounts. Like, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, an inspiration to, to loads of us out there. So rest in peace on Dusty Hill.
1: I was actually making a bass that's like a tribute to Dusty before he died. I, I'm working, not I tinker in my shed, making basses so i'm working on like a jazz bass with an upside down headstock uh oh, telecaster yeah. headstock as we speak so and i was kind of inspired by his basses so yeah,
0: definitely it's definitely going to be
1: a tribute to him now that...
0: absolutely so I, I love a reverse headstock and he's he's got that custom shop uh like it's like a 50s p bass isn't it but with the headstock reversed that's awesome. awesome oh that what a cool uh little coincidence you know i didn't know that that's really cool i mean not cool it that that um, Dusty's passed on. I mean, cool. Yeah, up. well, I,
1: I, I tell that story a lot. I'm surprised I haven't told you that. Yet. <laughs> People are like, yeah, we well, you know you support it, ZZ Top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us another one. I actually told it to someone at my house once because they were talking about Easy Top. And I said, oh, yeah, I supported them once. And they looked at me like I was full of shit and i i was like turn around because there's the poster from the gig is on the wall there go. I was like, yeah. there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's our name haha <laughs> um so we haven't really spoken about your band um for those uh home you know might not know tell us tell us about your band
1: uh yeah crow black chicken is the name so we're like a blues rock band and 10 we've been going 10 years we've got three studio albums and two live oh. albums so we're kind of known as one of the hardest working bands in Ireland. We do like over a hundred shows a year, but we kind of got our big break. We were, you know, it was just the usual band. I've been in loads of bands. Uh, we we did it. We were really into it, but we weren't sure where it was going. But then we, we won this competition, the battle for Glastonbury, the all Ireland battle and a blues rock band winning a competition like that is not that likely, but we won it anyway. And we got to play Glastonbury and that kind of gave us a kick up the ass to be thinking, hey, this is really good what we're doing. Like, let's, you know, yeah. go even harder at this and maybe go full time. So, yeah, That's we're so still cool. going good, you know.
0: That's awesome. Amazing. Cool. Well, that seems like a good time to move on to the next segment. Burmese go interlude. Okay, so this is the second question and this one i have to admit um i did lose i <laughs> did lose the name of, of the people that sent it in uh because i'm an idiot and i asked on a poll on instagram uh, for you to submit questions and i looked at them i wrote them down and i thought oh, i'll go back and look at the names and then of course it expired so i lost yeah all the that's names. annoying
1: isn't it they just disappeared it's a real,
0: pain. It's a real pain like so annoying um so sorry to everyone and this is a, actually a bit of a combination of a few questions um and it is what bassists inspire you to air quotes get good like who are you gawking at at the minute you're like ah man they are great and i want to be like them
1: um yeah it's definitely not probably the technical guys at all i I think that's more of a teenage thing isn't it like Mm. when you see these shredders or obviously jacko inspired everyone with his technique but at the moment, it's, uh, I like Rennie Fluxenhauer. Do you ever watch him on Base the World?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. And you've had him on your podcast. I had him right? on here.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. On here, on my podcast. Yes. <laughs> but he, I love his playing and also someone who plays kind of like him, Ian Allison. I love what he does too. Like just he's amazing tones and it's all about like the recording sessions he's doing. And it's kind of like, real world bass playing as opposed yes. to social yes. media bass playing
0: definitely and i think that is such a difference because like you said jack you know great but it's not practical for everyone and i think no. it really annoys me in demos when people are like and uh, this is uh how this sounds I <laughs> know, it's ridiculous, it's insane like... slapping thing he's just like that's not representative that's why i kind of pride myself in not being like incredible in my in any of my demos because i'm like you know what most people are probably going to be able to relate to this more and it'll probably give you a more realistic example you're not giving off
1: the sound of the bass if you're just shredding like you just need to play it normally like let it breed or whatever
0: it's just not functional um so and one of my one of my answers for this because i got a few was ian so that's that's great that you said that um for those who don't know and you know let's let's be honest you probably do know uh ian martin allison is an incredible bass player and content creator um who does a lot of work with uh scott's bass lessons uh and it's just really if you want to be inspired by a guy go and check out his stuff just his personality i think he just glows on screen and just yeah he has this amazing personality that just makes you draws you in and but, makes you want to pick up the bass. Like every time I see a clip of his on Instagram or a video, I'm like, ah, oh, the grooves are great. And it's like he's an incredible player and and technical. Uh, but even the simple things and the way he explains it is just really inspiring. I think so. Uh, he inspires think- me to pick it up and and to and to play more.
1: Yeah, I think that what happens is like, which for all of us, you're at a certain level and you think to get better, you have to do this stuff that seems amazingly hard to get to, like something really fast or a new technique. But he's kind of shown that with what you have, you can still improve so much in terms of like the tone of your bass and how you're play how you're executing the notes. You don't have to be doing like these super fast runs or bebop lines yeah. just in your little whatever genre you're in there's a whole world of practice and improvement you can still do without having to go outside what you like to do. Like there's a whole world of improvement just in your own genre. And for me, that's what he shows like, cause he's way better at getting the tones than me and way better at all that rock stuff. So that inspires me. I'm like, wow, I can just get better at what I'm already good at that. That's where I I can concentrate on.
0: Absolutely. And that even trickles down to kind of the more stuff that I concentrate on, which is like affordable gear. Um, in that you can get good sounds out. You don't need to spend a loads of money. A lot. <laughs> you don't need to spend a loads of money. I just said then <laughs> you don't need to spend loads of money, um, on really expensive gear because you can work your own technique. You'd be amazed of how much. You know, it sounds really um, cliche, but how much tone is in your hands, you know, and that what the player has impact on that. And I think uh, Ian is a great example of that. And don't get me wrong, he's playing nice gear.
1: Yeah, his di boxes were like a thousand euros yeah yeah i know he, had DI, but he has
0: savage gear yeah uh, but like you put that in my hands it's not gonna sound as good obviously because he's incredible and so he's just one of those that that really inspires me in that way i had i had a dm today actually uh when i i put out um some more stuff about podcasting things happening tonight and um and someone was like hey you should get uh you should get ian allison on there and i was like yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would be amazing. I'd love to have him on. Please.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he'll come on. I, I, he loves talking about bass. Sure. He, it's his thing.
0: That's a, Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, I think I might be a bit too scared though. <laughs>
1: but also, I suppose, the, the pick, uh, in the last, you know, five or six years, the kind of the rep, pick revolution, we can call it, with uh, Cody Wright and uh, Bob, Bobby Vega, That I didn't play pick playing at all until I started seeing those guys. And I was like, wow, that's really cool that's completely new. I never heard anyone play with a pick until I saw Cody Wright and then Bobby Vega in that way. Like,
0: Yeah. And I think like, I, that's one thing that really, really grinds my gears is people that, you know, I, you know me, I'm primarily a pick player. Um, and people that are just like, oh, 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 put that pick in the bin and then maybe it <laughs> sound a right. Ooh. It's like, you just don't get it. You just yeah, you don't, don't get it. it. Like it's not, you cannot achieve the same thing with your fingers and that's fine. Like, yeah, it's
1: sure. Anthony Jackson used a pick, didn't he? Like he's one of the most ferocious fusion bass players there yeah. ever was.
0: Yeah, but it's not even like you need to put someone up there like, well, they did it, so it's fine. Like like Jacko only had four, you know, so that's fine. You know, <laughs> it's it's whatever fits the purpose. Like yeah. Um me, I really like that bright attack and my technique lends itself to a pick. Um I can't get the same thing. I play differently with fingers and yeah, it's just what I enjoy. And I if i'm playing live i like going mad and like stro- hitting it really hard you know like you, you don't get that with fingers that is so- fun like
1: you can just strum the whole bass and mute the string, <laughs> you don't want to hit. yeah and, and that's the
0: thing and that and that inspires different technique as well because that is something you have to take into account if you give someone that is primarily you know that does slap bass all the time a pick they're not gonna it's not gonna be the same um not i don't mean doing the same line but like if they just go and play a rock thing with mm. a pick they might be a bit sloppier because they're not used to that technique you know it's a different skill set really
1: do, do you ever watch yourself playing back a video like obviously what we're a gig i mean a live gig do you ever watch the videos it's kind of hard like you uh, you look like so, uh, me personally i was watching back a thing and i just looked like a, i don't know a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> just, i was really oh. giving it socks i was like yeah oh, i knew I, I knew the cameras were on i was going overboard <laughs> yeah
0: that's it. the photographer's looking at me right now right yeah uh, here we go <laughs> uh yeah no i i did the same thing but you know i love it i love being on stage and doing that kind of thing i'm a showman at heart you know um so uh i quit a few quick other ones that are, of mine i suppose that are people that inspire me to get good um one that is a bit of a a kid you know teenager like you said like a technical one is uh clay gober from uh Polyphia. um i don't know if oh yeah
1: heard. i had um A lot of funny enough, it's younger bass players are suggesting this guy to me, but I don't know his playing at all. I know the band, yeah.
0: So for those that don't know the band, they're like, like almost like a math rock, uh, bands. But, handsome just,
1: gentlemen ha- handsome guys with cool oh, tattoos yeah. and good haircuts definitely, myself. Definitely.
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh, i've seen them uh live a couple of times and they're they're so good that it's all or majority instrumental um just insane guitarists and clay really holds it down on the bass as well like just oh, sounds, yeah. Really, and, and the drummer
1: and the bass player do such cool oh, dynamics off each other
0: like, absolutely and he's kind of got this like hybrid picking technique where mm-hmm. he uses a pick but then will also pop uh yeah. like slap bass uh so it's this really cool technique and it's like the syncopation like you say between the drums and the bass are are next level um so i'd recommend checking him out uh, he does lots of stuff on instagram as well which is cool um, oh, does he i must give him a and follow yeah yeah he posts like um just some some playthroughs and things like that and just also just some little clips and it's really cool um the other one which is still an incredibly technical player but in terms of like the music is not as technical or like not like that is uh tom doyle from uh the band don broco uh
1: nope not that completely uh over the head now i'm yeah, too old
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Broco. They're they're pretty what you'd say a current band you know they're, they're very hip in uh, hence why i like them you know um no no please johnny future johnny edit that bit out um <laughs> uh and uh yeah, that, I like it's one of my favorite bands. A real mix of genres that they do, but the bass player is is awesome. Uh look up the song Super Love. Oh, and I uh, You Wanna Know. There's some there's a the verse line of You Wanna Know has an incredible bass line, uses like a Spectre um Euro five string, and oh it's so good, so good. And their and their latest song they've released is has got some great bass stuff. Um it's like technical stuff, but really f- it's only one guitarist. Um, so it really fills out in the mix and there's other stuff going on in the mix, but, um, yeah, I just go, go check them out. I'll leave it there with that one. Uh, but yeah, really cool. Okay. Let's move on to the next segment. So this segment is a recurring one that we do every week where I ask before we record the podcast, I ask our co-host to send in uh, a tone or a couple of tones. Oh, yeah. I forgot I did this. Uh, A couple of tones that that they have recorded, maybe something they consider as like their signature sound or just something that they're digging at the minute. It can be whatever. Um, So ahead of this i did the same with steven asked him to send in and he over my god he sent me so <laughs> many and they all sounded so good um but we're gonna we're gonna limit it to two two of these so uh sit back get those headphones turned straight up as you listen to these two sound samples here You're making me you give me gas right now of like <laughs> things i just really want to do uh let's start with that first clip um so it's described as a pick bass with spring reverb and some octave uh now i've heard you talk about spring re- reverb before and i i keep meaning to delve more into it it sounds so good here uh first off like what is the gear that you're using here starting with the bass
1: um, well, the bass I don't even have anymore. It was just a Franken base. It, it was like an SX. I don't know what it is. It it was a, an SX neck because it said SX on it. The body I got for free off someone and the pickups were just in a box. So I actually don't know what the bass was. I, and I gave it away there recently. so. <laughs>
0: great (laughs) cheap gear yeah there we go it's just do do what you want with it um but i feel like the you know the spring reverb and and some octave in there is really playing a big role so what what is it about spring reverb on bass that you think really works
1: um i generally would use it mainly with uh, a pick it just gives this kind of ping to all the notes you play when you're and it it makes the bass kind of it pop out in the mix really nicely Mm. when you're using a pick I think it's because you get those extra high hits with a plectrum and then the spring re- reverb just works hand in hand with that, just to make it just pop that a little bit more. It's it was that it's quite subtle the amount of spring re- reverb I'm using, but yeah. a good spring reverb will emulate a real. I don't know if you ever put your hand on an amp that had a real spring in it. It goes bing, It makes this so the like, spring can you say moves. That? Can you say that again. <laughs> the spring just goes crazy. So like a good emulation of a spring reverb when you're pushing it, attacking the, it, the string will make that kind of sound. So that's what you're getting.
0: Yeah. And it, like you say, it's not like super high in there. It's subtle. You almost would be like, what is what is giving it that sound? Uh, so I think it's having a, a massive impact, which sounds awesome. And I'm definitely after this uh, going to go and play with some spring reverb because it sounds great, especially with that, like, um, uh, you know, the, uh, quick short notes that you're playing in there i think mm-hmm. it's really effective and a bit of octave in there as well so you can't go wrong
1: only about like the octaves only about, about two or three just to give a little bit of sub but no. not a lot and i'm pretty sure i probably recorded that through my Sansamp. maybe i can't remember but i generally i will use my sansan as my di or the yeah. zoom b3 which i absolutely love that pedal i'm obsessed with it it's yeah. the best best pedal i ever bought for practice and just home use like
0: yeah, and it's got so much in there, uh, all, all those effects. I've got one here, um, which I keep meaning to review. It was going to be this weekend, but I think it's going to be, I've got a wedding coming up, not my wedding. Um, I'm going to a wedding.
1: you got to invite all your bass buddies to your
0: wedding. <laughs> <laughs> they can all join me for a live podcast as I get married. <laughs> um, no, don't request that. Um, uh, so, yeah, that sounds great. Sounds great. Really cool. Cheers. Um, the second one that we're that we listened to there was unmistakably a fretless and a bit of chorus on there. Now I tuned into your live stream that you did the other day uh, and you're doing some stuff with fretless and talking about fretless. And I've, you know what? I've never really, I'm a rock guy. I love distortion. I love treble and presence and sans amps and playing with it hard with a pick. So fretless has never really um, been that attractive to me until now. Uh, and and honestly right, it was <laughs> you it was you that like spurred that in me where I was like, Do you know what actually I I get it, like and that sounds great. Um people in the comments are probably like, Who is this guy? What didn't doesn't really <laughs> like fretless what until now? But well, I get I
1: get what you're saying because like when I I that's a DOI fretless, I took out the frets and put epoxy in and all that crack like and um put in the jazz pickup because you, you need the bridge really to get the mm-hmm. fretless to sound and to use round, round strings, not flat wounds to get that, the moi, as they call it. like. But um, I don't enjoy playing it because I, I don't play a very, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't enjoy playing it, trying to play it like you, you see people traditionally playing them like with really nice technique and mm-hmm. doing all these fast lines. I just play it like a rock bass. And that's the way I like playing it. And it really sounds kind of crazy because I move yeah. around a lot because it's harder to keep your intonation if you're not playing it in that more one string one finger per fret style so that's why i move a lot when i'm playing the fretless just to make sure i'm in tune you know
0: yeah that's the thing they've they (laughs) they they scare me a bit i think that's what it is
1: (laughs) because you probably heard in the sound clip nearly every note i'm sliding i'm going wow and then back up and down the neck yeah but but like
0: it inspires that doesn't it because of that it will inspire you to play something a bit differently which will Mm. then translate into your writing so I think yeah. it's really cool. And I was I had, using
1: a good bit of the sansamp on that recording as well. Uh I, I had it around at six o'clock or, or up at six, I'd say, say, because just gave it has a really nice drive, the sansamp, I think. Mm. I've I haven't really found either pedal that has such a nice, natural sounding kind of drive on it where the bass just breaks up really. It's the Geddy Lee sound, is what it is really like, you know. He always I think has his sansamp set around six for his whole career like he has a signature one now like but that's his sound that like a good bit of drive and attack so I like that sound too which I didn't even know was my thing until lockdown I got to really look at my gear and figure out what I'm doing and another thing I found out during lockdown which I have been doing my whole career is that you put your fuzz before your drive and I've always done that but it's just the way that pedals are on my board and it sounded good so I never thought about it but Ian Allison Mm -hmm. was saying fuzz before drive and I was like oh I do that yeah, that does sound
0: good <laughs> i suppose then you you yeah I, I guess i can kind of understand that where that where it's been driven it's been pushed a bit more so you want that on the end i suppose rather than the the effect of the fuzz oh that's interesting well actually i've got a drive in a box right here that was delivered today which is going on my board after the fuzz so that's great to hear <laughs> i was just yeah, gonna go I could, put
1: the fuzz before everything put the fuzz uh like a an envelope filter doesn't sound very good without unless you have a fuzz in front of it then mm. it just comes alive mm. so same with the octave fuzz before the act just put the fuzz before everything and it'll yeah. sound good
0: <laughs> advice for everyone there nice awesome well thank you so much for those there's some really cool sounds in there let's move on to the next segment <laughs> the last segment is a question uh from chris storia sorry if i've pronounced your name wrong chris on youtube uh who's submitted this question which is going to form the big base debate uh and it's a big question it is if you're marooned on an island with electricity of course which one base would you want to have wash up on shore in a waterproof case with you now i'm assuming that, that the waterproof case is is just the base and you wash up separately you're not in the case with it because otherwise I'd want something really like that someone sent you this question did they it's a
1: very uh, yeah, well yeah. question I know
0: yeah there's there's lots in there you know that there is electricity cuz you can't have acoustic bases I think they're trying to rule that out um uh so what what base would you want to wash up with you uh and why that base and then they've put uh, you were lucky to have a bass amp cable and cab wash up a few years ago so okay. you're all right. <laughs> so we've we have got do, all the cards and stuff we want. Do
1: I have my Zoom B three like so I can oh, at least do some looping or something?
0: The Zoom is there. It was it was already that, there. Weirdly, when you got, there.
1: I brought that was in my case on the flight. That's all I brought. Oh, with
0: of me. course, yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. Um, so this is that classic desert island base question, mm. but very well written out. So Ooh. big fan. Thought of
1: those. it. Like, of, there's no loopholes in this at all. Like this is Hollywood level. Like.
0: Exactly. So thank you for this, Chris. Um yeah desert island stuff i think about this stuff all the time uh and it's always changing always changing if you asked me like a couple of years ago it would have been totally different to my answer now which is why this question will probably pop up a few times on this podcast I'm not afraid to, not afraid to do that <laughs> who cares um so for me i think the the thing that's mainly changed for me over the couple of years is my obsession with the p-base um i never used to be into a until. Fairly recently, really in in terms of my same same actually paying, yeah. quote career, you know. Um, so I think it would have to have a P bass pickup in there, either a PJ or a PH. Now I've not played, weirdly enough, not played a PH bass before, mm-hmm. but those are my two favourite pickups. Like a H in the bridge, like I love a Stingray and I love a P bass. Oh. I don't necessarily love them combined, um, mm. but to be able to have them separately, maybe that would that would that would be cool. I think I'd, I I I need to try a PH really. That's what this have is you seen it. the tribe
1: tribe bases? Have you seen them? Oh, no, no. they're like it's actually so it says on their website it's an evolution of the Aerodyne, fender Aerodyne. so it's a PH oh. configuration, but it lets you split the humbucker into nice. a jazz pickup. Nice. So it has like loads of combinations. Yeah. It's passive yeah and it's like, a, but it it's a aerodyne with a humbucker pretty much an extra knobs
0: because i've had you know these kind of questions before and i'm always like yeah pj if i had to have a signature bass it'd be a pj because i i love that sound and like you've got the p bass pickup in there which is just so versatile whilst being so simple um and you know easy to control and everybody's happy and the thing with the humbucker in the bridge as well is that whenever i play my stingray i'm like Oh, I'm just always reminded I'm like mm-hmm. why do I why do I play any other bass? Damn this sounds so crisp and the clarity is there. Uh oh, I know that's down to more than just that pickup but uh yeah like I just love that sound. Whenever I play it I'm like ah well, why did I ever doubt the, this? The position of the pickup as
1: well though like mm-hmm. you know the I'm uh, right the, on the stingray it's not really where the jazz pickup would be in the bridge and it's not quite where the P bass pickup would be it's more no, in, in the middle of the two
0: yeah, yeah, kind of. I'd say it's more towards the bridge. I'm just gonna mm. s- spin round to my stingray for reference.
1: Well, I, I know why the the different, like why they put the pickups where they put them, it, and you can check that yourself at home with your own bass. It's where the most prominent harmonics are. Mm. So if you you play the harmonic over where the P bass is, that's really prominent. And then the same with all the other places where you'll put a pickup. It's where the different really high ringing harmonics are.
0: Ah, well, I make them, you know, obviously that makes so much sense because that's what the pickup's job is, <laughs> is mm-hmm. to pick up on those harmonics. That's what the, the, the sound of the bass is. Uh, oh, you know, we're all, we're all learning things here today, aren't we? This is incredible. Uh, that's why we get a teacher on here. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit more of a geek than I thought was. I was. I know nothing about gear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm the same in other departments. I'm like, I don't know anything. And then I start talking about, like, oh, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> um, but then conversations like this make me realize how little i know but that's fine that's fine by me i can admit that um yeah it, it, it's not quite like in the bridge position like a jazz bass pickup is that's why i don't really like jazz bass bridges by themselves that's just me i don't really Yeah, have, i don't either it's just a, just a bit sound tin sounding it, yeah exactly um so i always like having that quote neck pickup in there as well um and yeah looking at my stingray there it's not quite so in the bridge it's kind of pushed up a little bit and that makes it gives it that fat warm sound um so yeah maybe that position and then a p bass quite close to that pickup i suppose to have it that middle like p bass
1: classic yeah yeah
0: i think that's what i would go for and then probably like a stingray net cuz i i make i realized this question is <laughs> You just really, made a stingray. Just, with a just, yeah, stingray. exactly. I'm just making up a base here. <laughs> hey, maybe Music Man can bring out one of those in their, you know, uh, their monthly family collection. <laughs> that would be incredible. I'd be I'd pay 3 grand for that, right?
1: Or just get a friend with a router to put a P basic up in your stingray.
0: <laughs> hey, that's a good video idea. Let's do that. <laughs> you, are you any good? You any good with the router? Uh,
1: I, I'm not good at a router, but I could put a hole in and put the pickup in for you, no problem.
0: <laughs> Steve McGrath, great with holes. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, so in terms of like an actual base, um <laughs> I don't really have an answer. I've just made one up because um, I don't really know of one that, that has that that would tick all those boxes for me. Um, at the minute, I am really enjoying uh, this GNL that I've got. So if you ask me right now, I mean, out of the ones I've got now, if it was like, right, you have have one forever, it would probably be, probably be that, which is the SB2, which is a PJ bass. So nice and versatile. It's just got that P bass pickup if I want that, um, which is what I'll be playing most of the time, to be fair. And the neck is gorgeous. It's almost like a cross between a jazz and a, and a P, which is nice. It's like, it feels like I've got a big, good Bit of wood in your hand. Yes, I know how that sounds. um But it's really, it's like a satin finish. It's really fast and comfy whilst not feeling too thin. um So, yeah, a uh, bit of a rubbish answer from me, I reckon. But but let's go with that. The gnl SB2. What about you, sir? uh
1: Well, if I'm on the island on my own, I'm not going to take like my airline. I definitely have to just take a short scale because I find for noodling, i'm playing on your own i prefer a short the short scale so i'll be taking my rumble cat with me the the epiphone rumble cat which i just bought on a whim because i said i never own the short scale and it came up cheap in england so i this old man posted to me he was really really nice i found him on facebook marketplace and yeah i would take that or maybe a more expensive short scale i can't really think of any i'm not i don't get gas very often for gear like so I'd probably be happy with my rumble cat because I find you're a lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> I find that like you're, when you're playing on your own, it, it's fun to have the short scale because you're doing lots of chords and stuff and uh, kind of more melodic things, and you can do those big stretches. I like so for noodling. If I'm on the island, like I'm not going to need a rock bass, am I? Like mm. I'm not going to be backing up a band or anything. So. That
0: is a really good point. Uh yeah, just a one man band to get the crab over there and the drums. you got the uh <laughs> the mermaid over there on vocals, you know. Wilson. Yeah <laughs> Wilson's there just doing nothing. <laughs> great <laughs> contribution, Wilson. Thanks. Um yeah, that's a great idea having the shorts get. I didn't even think about that. I would have been like, Great. <laughs> I've got no band to play with. <laughs> Yeah, um, I saw
1: uh, saw you brought out um their short scale. It's mm. kind of like a short scale aeroplane. Yeah, it it. To have a go. now I did have gas for that. I was like, oh, well, that's awesome." I love yeah, a go. I it, think Bully U5? has one. He was he was using yeah,
0: one U five, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lobster, but I've spoken to him about it. He's like, "That is like the short scale for me. Like that is that is a great base." Um, and yeah, I really enjoy the short scale I've got. I've got, like I said earlier, I've got the Gretsch Electromatic uh G two 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 zero. I think it's called um. And yeah, the short scales just have this different vibe about them, in tonally, but also playability. It's totally what you said about you just want to pick it up and noodle on it because it's that string tension thing, thing as well. Yeah. So it's just being easy to pick up and play. It inspires you to do more like bends and things like that. I find so it's just for in terms of noodling, you can kind of be more. Like musical on it, shall we say, a loose term, you know. Do you ever write
1: those kind of bass doodle things? You know, like I kind of was a big Metallica fan in the day, and it was kind of customary at every gig that Jason Newstead, well, Cliff Burton before he died, did it as well. Would have a five or ten minute bass section, but he he wasn't doing a solo. It was always like a little noodle, a little bass piece. So I kind of started writing my own ones ever since I was a teenager. And the short scale kind of uh, lends itself to doing that kind of stuff. Do you ever do yeah. that? It's like, often it's like a drone and you're playing cool stuff under it, but it, it's not super technical. It's just something nice sounding.
0: Yeah, well, I don't. But like, that's that's exactly the kind of thing that I mean, that it just inspires you to do something a bit different uh, and something that you probably wouldn't do on a long scale. And it sounds like, I, I feel like you need to have played a short scale to understand that. Mm-hmm. um and i t- i get the hype behind it you know they're they're a different breed um not f- in terms of like me functionality wise what i would want all the time i don't think i'd want a short scale like if i were to sell all my bases and just have one it wouldn't be a short scale no um, it would be they actually
1: give they give off more bass this is some science shit now like apparently like the frequencies are more bassy than the other mm. base even though it's short scale but then mm. when it comes to doing a gig it it's too bassy sometimes the frequencies don't cut through as much so yeah for just as your number one bass i think you need like just a standard type of bass yeah very interesting wow
0: mr science teacher over here <laughs> um yeah that's a great shout and that epiphone i can see it on the wall behind you is just gorgeous as well like
1: yeah and they're not expensive cool. even no. new i think they're only about Well, I don't know what I don't want to say. What I think is expensive for Knox, and people will be wondering. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> just
0: Judge everything you've said before. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, and it's like, it's a Les Paul style guitar, and I think mm-hmm. short scale. But short scale Les Paul basses are awesome. I I do not care for long scale Les Paul basses. I think they just look very strange. Mm. Um. But I nearly bass, bought uh,
1: a flying V short scale there a few months. Ago. Wow a guy was selling it cheap in Ireland and, and they were only a limited run Epiphones. And I was like, oh,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> tempting. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a bit of history. You're like, oh, don't even, I wouldn't yeah. normally just buy this, but I feel like I need but, to. But
1: then I, I don't play standing up ever at home and you can't yeah. really sit down playing a flying V. So it's like, well, nah, it's know. not the most you, practical.
0: You can if you like, but if you just prop it up, you know, on your leg, uh, but it's a, certainly a different kind of style of playing. Mm. that is not comfortable to me. Um, so, yeah, I I hope that answers that question. We've kind of gone off on tangents, left, right and centre, but... Yeah, just, you know, we were very
1: bad at staying on point, but isn't that what it's all about, Johnny?
0: <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's why we're here, we're just to talk talk plops about space, you know. <laughs> so, that is that wraps up a nice tiny little bow on our podcast that we have recorded today uh steven thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute joy having you on and uh i'd love for you to come back uh sometime in the future to do another episode because that's the you know great thing about co-hosts we can have them back on to answer all these different questions and uh yeah let let me know in the comments down below what you thought about this episode uh if you hated it then
1: just don't you know.
0: say anything yeah, so it's, it's better to be not the what's, what's the phrase that your mum always says it's better to if you can't don't if you don't have words. yeah if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all <laughs> that's, a, that's a great encouragement for people to comment uh yeah let me know what you thought about this episode just slide into the dms it's nice warm and cozy place uh that's at johnny dibble on instagram uh steven where can people find you
1: uh really easy it's just at steve mcgrath instagram youtube and uh what's it called facebook oh yeah I, I, i'm on that as well
0: that's nothing, that's <laughs> but, nothing good. it
1: just annoys me but uh and uh of course the podcast Basecraft. steve mcgrath's Basecraft. Yeah. check out the episode johnny was the first non-irish guest i had on back last year so check that episode out and that's it pretty much um i'm gonna be quite enough for the next while i plan on this crazy thing uh on youtube but I'm not going to say what it is because i'm kind of getting sick of doing it at the moment so i don't know <laughs> if i'm going to pull through so let's talk I about it, it. but
0: yeah, uh, and I've, it. I've got a bit of an inkling in, into that and it sounds really really exciting so definitely uh i've put all the links in the description go and uh check out all of uh steven's stuff go and smash that subscribe button and give a little follow get in touch you know let him know what you thought about this episode uh it'd be really cool to just let's, let's let's get talking you know and let me know who else you want to see on here so once again thank you so much for listening see you next time